Uh, it's news to us the week of January 31st, 2022. Welcome to the show. We're going to talk to our guest, Rana Abdelhamid. She's going to be joining us. She's a human rights organizer, first degree black belt, public speaker, entrepreneur, and running for Congress to represent New York's 12th district. Excited. To so am I, but you don't hear me bragging. Right. That's right. That's Chris there. Jason is here as well. Yo, yo. Got a full house here. Katie's still on assignment. I think she got lost in the Amazon somewhere. We're, we're trying to find her. Uh, litigation pending. Can't talk too much about it. It's news to us. Adobe Radio. We'll start things with a little news roundup in case uh, you missed the big stories. Before we get into that, jump into the news roundup. Anything that you guys wanted to mention at the top of the show? Yeah, I, I have a funny story. Okay, Jason has a funny story. Sure. We all yeah. like, we like fun and games here. That's fine. Yeah, it's, so it's yesterday I was... Uh, what? That's not all doom hey. and gloom. Go ahead. Are you going to play a promo before I talk? Or <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Go ahead. I'll wait. I'll wait. You're not playing a promo? No, I have nothing to play. Go, go. Oh, okay. Now, now, now so, you just you just ruined it yourself. Mm, a a piece that. of for people people who have no idea what he's referring to. But last week, a piece of production kept playing over him when he was trying to talk, and then he got very frustrated and turned off his camera and stormed off the show. So that's uh, what he's referring to there. Anyways, Twice. go ahead. Anyway, so yesterday I was uh, I was helping my sister uh, replace her car battery. And I've never seen so much like corrosion on the the terminals before. Like it was like I couldn't get the battery cable off of the terminal of the battery, right? Like it was so caked on. Yeah. So eventually we got it off and uh I was using a brush to clean the the uh, the cable mm-hmm. and I was brushing part of the uh battery acid corrosion flew into my left eye. Oh my god. So, uh, my left eye here, uh, I had a piece like break off into my eye and like, oh, it hurts so bad. My eye was red until this morning. That can't be good for you or is it, or are you going to turn into a superhero of some sort? Maybe that's how you get your superpowers. (laughs) Oh, I, I like, so I flushed it out with water, right? Like that was like the first thing I tried. Yeah. And like I couldn't get it out. Like I could feel it floating around in my eye. And Oof. my eye got all like a little bit cloudy. Oh God. Eey, that's not I've good. Never, I did would you never go to the doctor. That. I would have gone I to probably would have rushed yeah. to the hospital. Yeah, I, I, think I thought I would have about gone to it. I'm like, nah, it, it's fine. So then I put some visine in it like <laughs> half an hour later and it burned so bad. Oh. So can you how, how when was this? It was yesterday morning. Your eye looks okay now. I don't see yeah, any red. Yeah, but this You're morning it was still red. It looked like I had like soap in my eye. Man, like, I, like I'm my surprised. Eyelids were, my eyelid was all red. Like, why didn't she go to the doctor over that? That would that'd be something. That I mean, what are they gonna do? They're gonna flush it out with saline, right? Like that's what I was doing. I don't know. They might give you drops, like in some sort of uh, anti-inflammatory or something that would make it so you don't get infected. I don't know. I think the fact that you don't know what they would do is why you should go to the doctor, right? Yeah. No, I know what they would do. They'd flush it out. They might yeah. have something for you, man. Like something yeah. to like counteract a pH or something. Yeah, yeah, something. Man, live and learn. I guess next time you get battery acid in your eye. Jeez. Well, although God. you're fine now, so I don't know. Maybe the lesson is, you know, all oh, those yeah, liberals man. are always trying to tell you. That it's a big deal if you get battery acid in your eye, but if you just nut up, you'll be fine. Just be a man. <laughs> you don't need a doctor. Be a man. Yeah. I remember but, one time, uh, throwback. I remember one time Eddie got like a bunch of pool water in his eye and like his eyes were all red. Yeah. Do you remember this, Eddie? And I had you, uh, I was like, oh, you got to flush that out with milk. Oh, I forgot the why, but I remember the milk. Yeah, I do remember that milk. My eyes were like completely red. Yeah. And you Did the milk help, though? Well, I have my vision to this day, so it must have helped. You're welcome. Yeah. I should have done milk. I didn't even think about it till just now. 
I don't know why are you like it. Don't yeah, why? Where's the the milk thing come from? It I've never the, heard of that. The chlorine. It's like a opposite oh. on the pH scale. You're like our group's dad. Yeah, that's like a total dad thing to know. Right. This was before I was a dad. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. I don't know if it actually worked. I think Eddie actually got an eye infection and he blamed the milk. Yeah, I, I did end up I... with a pretty bad eye infection. <laughs> now that I'm remembering that. Well, don't use unpasteurized milk. Where do you even mm. buy unpasteurized milk, Eddie? It's reckless. I know. Living I'm dangerously. a monster. I'm a monster. All right. News roundup. By the well, way, I do Chris, got one more thing. Uh, oh, I was going to tell you, Chris, your mic is actually a little bit hot. Uh, before you continue, like you're blowing everybody's speakers out. All right. How am I now? There you go. Perfect. Okay. Uh, just uh, came uncle again today. Today, my sister oh. had a little baby girl. Oh, well, wow. Congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. So just a shout out there to my new niece. Chris is uh, looking for free gifts from our audience. Yeah. <laughs> He is registered at Babies R Us. <laughs> he wants he wants all the bibs for himself. Don't have. size extra 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 <laughs> extra 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 large at Babies R Us. All right, all right. He just likes those bottles. We have to jump what's into the, this. We what's have, the niece's name? Uh, Emily Marie. Okay. Oh, that's fun. That's News cool. roundup. Where we at? We're. we're we started late. We have a guest. We're live. News Roundup. It's news to us. News Roundup. Yeehaw! All right. Jason, group? what is this? A, a Nazi rally in Orlando. I don't. Why are we talking about this? What's what's happening in Orlando with this? I don't like this story. I don't like the headline. I don't like seeing it on our prep sheet. And it's making me very uncomfortable. Well, you know, our world's uncomfortable right now, Eddie. It is. And, I'm just being honest with how I feel about hey, that. A group of about 20 people uh, organized a rally in Orlando on Saturday. Um, and they were uh, shouting out anti-Semitic slurs while waving Nazi flags. Gross. But there's only 20 people. So why is this news? Why does anybody care if 20 idiots showed up? That is well, 20 more Nazis than... But why, why do they see. why do they deserve any news or publicity or attention? Like what what happened? Did anything happen here, or were they? Uh, or did Governor DeSantis say that? Oh, he remained silent on it. That's the story. He remained. Yeah. So okay. uh, Governor Ron DeSantis, uh, the governor of Florida, remained silent all through the weekend. So this happened on Saturday. Yeah. He didn't make any comments until Monday afternoon, but that was after his press secretary uh, created a firestorm. A firestorm, uh, you say? A firestorm where she initially weighed in with skepticism about the demonstrators' identities. Quote, so what I'm going to say is these people, these Democrats who are trying to use this as some type of political issue to try to smear me as if I had something to do with that. We're not playing their game, is what the governor said after the firestorm had been initiated by his press secretary. So she was, uh, she went out on Twitter and said that uh, she didn't know if these uh, Nazis were like someone that uh, they were planted. You know, like the Democrats uh, created the the Nazi rally just to smear the governor is kind of what she was implying. And, you know, oh, wow. uh, the comments that DeSantis came out with this afternoon um, also kind of echoed the same. Really? So they're blaming... But why would they not take responsibility for this? Because it seems like they might get more, more voters in the next election if re the Republicans went ahead and just embraced this. You're saying if the Republicans embrace the Nazis? Yeah. I mean, they, they pretty much have become the party of Nazi. Like, why, why are they pretending like they're above it now when they've demonstrated See, this, that they're not? This, well, this... Okay, so... I have an issue with this, and I'm glad you brought that up, right? So you're saying the uh, Republicans don't put Nazism. words in my mouth. I'm saying they don't condemn it, and uh, overall, and they do placate to that vote, and they have gotten. But don't they also placate from, to the vote of uh, 
like Israel and supporting Israel and a strong Israel and the Jewish people. That's not and- the point we're talking about Nazis right now. And also the leader of the Nazi, uh, what is his name? The wait, the- wait, 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 yes. don't brush that aside. Like I, that's a yeah, hard that thing seemed- for me to square up right now. Yeah. That seems like a big deal. That's yeah, a big right? contradiction. But, but it is no, a big contradiction. It, 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 I don't understand it. Can you guys explain it to me? Well, I can't explain anything they do. They're idiots. They, uh, they'll say anything to get elected. They have zero agenda. All they are about is maintaining power and reducing taxes for the rich, and they'll do anything to stay in office. I, I, that's what I can tell you. I know, but I don't understand how... It, it, don't it, act it like they, have a, they, don't, they don't have a platform or a position. They, ha- they have zero... They're not staying in any sort of, uh, any sort of ideals. They have, they have nothing. Well, I'm, more, I'm curious. That's why, why it seems. Like, that's why there's a contradiction because they got nothing. I, I'm curious why, like uh, white supremacists and Nazis, seem to uh, go, you know, vote for our DJT and you know, kind of support the Republican pa- platform. Yet, you know, DJT moved the U.S. embassy to Jerusalem, and they always talk about a stronger Israel. Like, I don't understand that relationship. I actually do know something about that now. Thank that's you. So- we're talking about it, and and it's not exactly the same, but there's some overlap there. Like, you know, I'm not saying that uh, Nazis, neo Nazis, or whatever, are are uh, equivalent to like religious right wing fundamentalists, but I do know that oh, there's some overlap there, and uh, the fundamentalist Christian right, a lot of them. Uh, are so pro-Israel and really have pushed for the uh, recognition of Jerusalem as Israel's capital because they view it as one of the important boxes to be checked before Jesus can return to earth per the book of Revelations. So really, they're trying to advance like the apocalypse or Armageddon or whatever as described in the book of Revelation. So that's one reason why uh, far-right Christians are so eager in their defense of, of uh, Israel. Mm. All right, Thank well, you, Chris. News Roundup yeah, continues. Welcome. It's news to us. News Roundup. Yee-haw! President Biden is going to be able to pick a Supreme Court justice as Justice Stephen Breyer is retiring from the Supreme Court. And uh, during the 2020 campaign, President Biden said and pledged to nominate a black woman to the bench. And he confirmed earlier that he will follow through with that promise. And of course, that is enraging a lot of uh, conservatives. They're they're saying a lot of strange things that I didn't even feel like. <laughs> what are we going to see a white man on the bench? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're finding a way to uh, to poke holes. Why, 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 are, why yeah. are they mad? Because I mean, they, they, they do not want him to pick a Supreme Court justice, period. And they're going to latch on anything they can. And Mitch McConnell's already trying to figure out a way to block this. Uh, you know, he's, oh, it's, it's one year into the term. Uh, there's only three years left in the presidency, we can't have him be nominating at this uh, late in the game. You know, he's going to come up with something stupid like that. Um, yeah. But it was, thankfully, he's not the majority leader, and the only 51 votes are needed. So as long as those two defactors, Simina and uh, uh, what's it, Man- Mansion. Mansion, as long as those two idiots uh, aren't. Whoa. What do you mean, whoa? As long as I'm calling them idiots, as long as those two idiots vote with the party, there'll be no problem. But we've seen that they're blocking all sort of uh, sorts of legislation that the president's been trying to push through. Yes, Chris. Can I say something? Yeah. Lately, you are both barrels blazing, Eddie, and I love it. You are. (laughs) Thank you. You are balls to the wall, man. I I am. I'm tired. I am tired of it all. Why would I dance around the fact that those two are idiots? And I like that that shocks Jason that I said Joe Manchin is an idiot. Well, I do recall when we first launched It's News to Us, like (laughs) trying to at least, you know, Uh, you know, have some decorum or 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 try to be 
like not pretend we don't have it like our views but like try to be news there and you know not not ad hominem but uh yeah eddie lately he's like fuck it i have seen a lot of republicans saying like uh because this was a campaign promise right biden uh announced this in the in one of the presidential debates or not presidential, but in the, one of the primary debates for, to become the Democratic uh, nominee. Uh, and a lot of people uh, attribute uh, him saying that he would uh, pick a woman African-American to be on the Supreme Court as one of the reasons why he won South Carolina, which kind of paved the way for him to become the nominee. And a lot of Republicans are attacking him because he made that pledge. And I think it's kind of funny because Reagan made the same pledge Back in you know 1980, he pledged that he would pick a woman to become a Supreme Court justice, and he followed through with it. I don't know why Republicans are are up in arms about this again, th- because Democrats can't do anything right. It doesn't matter what they do, even if Republicans have already done it in the past or are currently doing it. It's wrong if a Democrat does it, because all they are are obstructionists. They have no platform. They just want to be contrarian and growl up their base and remain in power with no platform. And that's really Eddie, themselves. Eddie's not wrong there. And that's really I mean, all. that's literally, yeah. This is literally what's going and on. And I'm trying I'm sick of trying to rationalize what they're thinking because that that's yep. basically it. I mean period. In my opinion. Yeah, and and it's kind of crazy that yeah. they're saying like a Democrat like, you know, the the you know there's not energy behind the democratic platform and there's a concern for the, you know, the midterms. And I'm like, what do you, how do people forget what just happened in the last, you know, five years? Like, I mean, that's what, that's what they're, they constantly say this about uh, Democrats is there's no energy. People don't care. Democratic voters are aloof and don't pay attention to anything and they only vote their nominees the low election. energy low energy joe yeah like i mean Sweet. this is like the oldest talking point in the book that the conservatives push out there and we shouldn't put that out any further because it's false they they're just trying to disenfranchise everybody false. and make everybody give up on voting that's their main objective well give up on voting and then also make it harder to vote Yes, both. Yeah, and you don't want to do it exactly. And then if you do vote, and then you do lose, now they're trying to uh, take away your vote on the back end as well. Maybe their long game was like they worked for so hard for so long to decriminalize and like make it easier to buy guns, and then they hoarded all these guns, and now they've brought civilization to the brink. And what's going to happen to the value of all those guns? They're going to skyrocket, right? <laughs> so maybe that was the but, game the whole but time. But if civilization is at the brink, will money even have any value at that point? Well, maybe the guns are the new money. Right. We're trading in guns. The guns yeah. is the currency. I'll trade your revolver for a sandwich. It's a uh, new Bitcoin. How much is that AR-15? Uh, 20 Glocks. <laughs> well, before we bring our guest on, and I'm very excited for our guest. It's going to be uh, really awesome to have uh, Rana Abdelhamid coming up on the show, running for New York's 12th district. But first, we have to get to our sponsor. Oh, yes. This episode of It's News to Us is brought to you by Ritual. We all deserve to know what we're putting in our bodies and why, especially when it comes to something we take every single day. And that's what ritual is all about. It's a multivitamin. Now, uh, I decided to take these multivitamins because ritual, they've taken the time to design a capsule that delivers high quality nutrients. And as someone that's, I go to the gym five days a week, even if I hate going to the gym five days a week, there are many days where I don't want to go, but I do it because I'm trying to take care of myself. And it's important to me personally to make sure I'm also taking a high quality multivitamin as part of my routine. And uh, that's why uh, ritual they're here. They're here for all of us. A multivitamin should contain key nutrients and forms your body can actually use to help fill gaps in the diet. No shady extras rituals, delayed release capsule design delivers high quality nutrients, including vitamin D three and just two daily pills. So great. So if you're interested in this, 
And I don't know why you wouldn't be. Well, you can get 10% off during your first three months. Ritual.com slash news to us is where you want to go. Get key nutrients without the BS. Ritual is offering its news to us listeners 10% off your first three months. Ritual.com slash news to us. It's news to us. IW Radio. It's news to us. 2022 midterms coverage continues. And our midterms coverage continues right here on It's News to Us as we're waiting our guest to join us here in just a moment. Very excited to have our guest on. She'll uh, be here in like two minutes. I had like a hair in my mouth just now. Breaking news. Breaking news. You know what's the worst with the mask is... Yeah. beard and like if you have a beard oh. or like facial hair and you get like a little hair that gets snagged in your mask and then it gets in your mouth like it drives it's me not nuts, man no yeah speaking of masks, a good time to shave it i'm not shaving every day are you kidding my face would be on fire yeah that's fair yeah you know uh if for those of you joining us on video right now uh chris you're wearing an avalanche jersey yeah, Colorado Avalanche. Mm-hmm. Yeah, month of January fifteen zero and one. Fifteen zero and one. He has no idea. Yeah, even though he's wearing the jersey. No, no, they no. I zero just... games. No, they lost. Uh, oh, they oh, oh! The game in January. Oh, in January. Yeah, yeah. I just saw. I didn't. I didn't know that. But I just had just checked their. Uh, uh, what do you call it? The. Uh, you know how they're doing this season, and saw that they had a ten-game winning streak over the last ten games. I didn't know it was fifteen games straight for January. Yeah, That's crazy. Yeah, That's have... awesome. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Is the best. Yeah. It's never happened in the NHL before. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. And if you look, uh, like overall, like they lost, like I think their first, uh, uh, they lost like the first six out of eight games. Yeah. Since then, they've only lost two games. That's amazing. Wow. So they're on track so to cool. win, have the, the best you know record in the NHL. Like they're a hot team. Yeah. My question to you is yeah. how are they going to do in the postseason? Because we'll they were out. the best team last year, but mm, yes. you, know, you know, they didn't make it. Yeah. Well, let's go to our guest now. Thank you for filling the time there, Jason. We appreciate that. Our guest this evening is Rana Abdelhamid. She's a human rights organizer, first degree black belt, public speaker, entrepreneur, and the CEO of I'm Wise, a nonprofit organization supporting women's empowerment through self-defense, entrepreneurship, and more. And she's running for Congress to represent New York's 12th district. Hey, welcome to the show. Hey, how are you? How's it going? Doing great. Thank you for coming on. We really appreciate you taking the time. No, of course. I'm excited. <laughs> We're very excited, too. You have some very nice artwork behind you, by the way. I like that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It was a gift, actually. My my husband's aunt made all of that, which is incredible. She, she made that. Mm-hmm. That looks really, it. really yeah. good. Wow. Thank you. So yeah. you, you're obviously you're running for Congress. We have a lot to talk about. Many questions for you regarding that and a lot of other things. But we do like to get to know our guests on a personal level a little bit before we jump into all of that. So uh, we were wondering, I mean, I know that you're in New York city and amazing food. Let's say you have a night where you really don't want to do any cooking. Is there a favorite takeout spot that you have? Yes. My favorite restaurant in New York is called Mumbar, which is actually a restaurant that's in little Egypt, um, which is the neighborhood I grew up in. It's an, it's a North African, it's an Egyptian restaurant. The neighborhood's a North African neighborhood and it's really incredible because even if you're just taking the food to go the outside facade of the building took seven years for the chef who's called chef mustafa to put together and he's an artist himself he made almost every single piece of furniture and artwork on that on the walls of his restaurant um, by himself it's pretty remarkable and the food is very very good how how many days a week do you think you end up there? That sounds really good. <laughs> I, I sometimes I live there. <laughs> it's a little too much. You have like a go to dish, like your favorite, like you get it all the time. Yeah, so my my go to dish is actually something called kushari, which is pasta, lentils. Ooh, it's a spicy tomato sauce, rice, um, and a car- caramelized onions. 
Oh, that oh sounds God. great. Wow. I never, I didn't know that you could combine a few of those ingredients. I need to try this. I food. know. That sounds I've so never, good. I've never had Egyptian. Is it similar to Ethiopian? Um, actually, no. It's, I mean, maybe a little bit of the lentils and can be similar to Ethiopian, but it's quite different. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, but it's good. Yeah, that sounds really good. So uh, growing up, did you have any nicknames? <laughs> um, I Did I have nicknames? I feel like my name is so short, but Egyptian culture is all about nicknames. So mm-hmm. I'll give you the nickname my mom called me, okay. which is Ranita. So it's like, uh, you know, it's a, it's a cute nickname that she would always call me. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> nothing. It means nothing. It's just like, <laughs> it's, it's like a cute way to call me. Okay. Um, it is. Yeah. I, I like it. And that's, uh, nobody else called you that. Just your mom. That's nice. That's my mom. Just my mom. So when you're in trouble, was that name used or was it oh, like a, an affectionate name? Absolutely not. No. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, do you have any obscure talents? Anything that we should know about? Um, Are you good at the yo-yo or anything like that? Yo-yoing. No, I wish. Oh my God. What are my obscure talents? If you don't have any, that's fine. I know it's a strange question. I don't know that I could answer that question, but Eddie has no talents to speak. Yeah, of I, I have zero. Oh, no. So it's totally fine. Yeah. Um, uh, finally, uh, before we jump into like some more, like your policy and all that, uh, do you find yourself using emoji when you text message? Are you one of those people? I use so many emojis and I text message. What do you, what's your, if you were to open your phone right now and look at your text message app. Oh, it's okay. What do you think your top emoji are? Like the top uh, two or three. Okay. It's, it's that, it's that yellow. It's the emoji where the, it looks like someone's like putting their hand on their chin. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. I like that one. I feel like I've been so skeptical since I started running. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, hmm. Oh, <laughs> uh, what's making you feel skeptical? Is it the whole process? What What about it is uh, making you feel that way? Well, the whole process has been such a learning experience for me because I'm coming from the movement space and yeah. I'm coming into this electoral po- politics world. Um, and so everything is so new. So, for example, when I first learned how much money I needed to raise, I definitely <laughs> I definitely use that emoji to express oh. my skepticism. Jeez. OK, so how much money do you need to raise? Where are you and where can people help out? Why don't we start with that? Usually we, we bury that at the end. After we talk oh, to yeah, you, let's, let's talk about I, that right now. Where can people help out? For sure. So, um, so far our race, we've raised $800,000, wow. which is amazing. Yeah. But also like, I never thought I would ever raise that amount of money. So it's been, it's been a journey. Um, and we need to raise around 2 million. These, these races are so expensive and we're not taking corporate money. We're not taking real estate pack money. So we're only taking money from individuals. And so, um, that's always super helpful for us. Okay. So what's been the biggest challenge in fundraising so far? Do you think? I feel like my, <laughs> I feel like my fundraising team is going to be like, you should be talking about this. <laughs> um, but I'm going to tell you all just because, so there's in, in, in campaigning, there's something called call time, which I didn't really know of before I started being in this race. Mm-hmm. Um, which basically you call people within your network, but also beyond your network. And you say, hi, can you, can you please donate to my campaign? And you just do that for hours Mm. and hours. I don't know Um, that I could do that. That sounds a little bit awkward to put yourself on the spot like that. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, it is. It's very awkward actually. But it's cool though. I mean, cause I mean, um, you have to do it. It's part of the process, but, uh, good Mm -hmm. on you for putting yourself out there overall. I, I bet this is just a huge learning experience and uh it's a new form of vulnerability for you for sure it's i admire what you're doing i don't i don't know that i could ever do what you're doing it's uh i know jason sometimes talks about running for office but uh when you when we like really talk about it and think about it it's like a it's a lot it's a lot it's daunting yeah yeah absolutely absolutely it's um it has been you kind of understand like all the barriers to entry and why Mm -hmm. you know only certain um people with certain amounts of resources have access to be able to um jump into a space like this um and i feel like the real responsibility of it like i really love this city i love 
my neighborhood. I am so excited to be able to represent voices of communities that I really care about and really believe deserve more effective representation um, on issues that really matter that should be basic human rights like housing and access to health care. Um, and so the, it, it, the, the responsibility of it and the opportunity of it outweighs 100 percent for me on a personal level, um, some of the barriers to entry as well as like some of the challenges that come across and definitely the awkwardness of asking people for money. So it, it definitely is worthwhile. As long as you're acknowledging that it's awkward, I think most people will, that's kind of disarming as well, you know, saying, I know this is awkward, but I, mean, I have these ideas and I feel strongly about the community. I'm, I mean, I'm, I, like, I'm, I'm sure you have a really great way of going about it. And I bet this is why you've gotten such a great response so far uh, of already raising $800,000. That's amazing. And I, I really want you to reach that goal too. What, what's the deadline to reach that uh, 2 million? Um, so typically it's just by the end of the campaign. So, um, that for us, the election date is June 28th. Um, and so hopefully before June 28th, but we do have a fundraising get deadline at the end of March as well. And so that's a really important timeline for us that we're working towards too. Okay. All right. Well, I know that you'll reach that. Um, don't thank you. Thanks for the energy. I'm like, yeah. I need all of that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you, you did mention that your district needs better representation. Carolyn Mahoney's been in that uh, seat for 30 years now. And I think it is about time someone like yourself comes along with some fresh ideas. And it seems to me like you think she may have lost touch with your community a little bit. Can you talk to us a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, our current representative, Representative Maloney, has only really like throughout her tenure. She So she's been in office longer than I've been alive. And um, some of my earliest memories of her representation growing up in a post 9-11 New York City in, in New York um, was her wearing a burqa on the House floor to advocate for the invasion of Iraq and Afghanistan, um, which for me, obviously, growing up in, in a context where there was a lot of gendered Islamophobia and as a survivor of a hate based attack, was really horrifying to see um, and know that this is like my representative. And at the same time, like, yes, yeah, she has been disconnected from a lot of the communities across the district that she should have been representing um, and has really not, not been connected to people's experiences, their lived realities and what is needed and the urgency of this moment. Well, you did uh, bring up that uh, hate-based attack, and that seemed to be a pivotal moment in your life. So you, from what I understand, you were just walking down the street, minding your own business, and a man came up behind you and tried to rip off your hijab, right? Is that That's what happened? Yeah, exactly. That's, so I was walking down okay. the street in Queens, um, and and I was attacked by someone who tried to take off my hijab. And it was it was... You know, I think anyone who's experienced violence walking down the street, which many New Yorkers, whether it's because of their gender identity, we know there's a spike in anti-Asian violence in the city right now or their racial identity or um, any way that they might choose to represent themselves can feel insecure in their own skin. And it created that sense of insecurity for me walking down the street. And I really didn't want to feel that way anymore. And I wanted to make sure that no one would have to feel that way either. And that's why you created your nonprofit organization, it's wise, right? Or is it I'm wise? I saw both. So, yeah. So okay. it, it was called wise. Now we've rebrand, you know, rebrand. Oh, okay. Maybe that's why we saw <laughs> it's it. Called, All right. It's called Melika actually right now. And yeah, okay. it was, um, it's a self-defense. It's still running a self-defense nonprofit organization that's focused on building safety and power for communities um, through de-escalation training and healing spaces. I saw you teaching some self-defense moves in some of these videos too. That's really cool. And you are a black belt. So it, yes. I, it's really cool that you were able to turn this moment of, of fear into something that is empowering and helping yourself and others. And you're only 16, by the way, when you started this, correct? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, really I, cool. and I feel lucky because I had, just incredible women in my life who saw this experience and saw what I was going through um, and helped me channel that energy into something that was positive um, and helped me like really find space to heal from that trauma, uh, which I definitely am very grateful for a lot of those older women and, and mentors who helped me do that. How did you learn? Where did you study to become a black belt? Black belt in what, by the way? In Shotokan Karate. 
oh, which okay. is a Japanese martial art form. Now, when you watch Cobra Kai on Netflix, do you think it's full of crap? And <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So I haven't watched it. Is that bad? Oh no! It's, you're, it, <laughs> it, don't watch it. It's horrible. <laughs> um, I don't think I don't think it's uh, it's actually not full of. Some of it might be full of crap, I'm sure, but I actually use some of the stuff, like the references, like when I talk about building muscle memory, you know, like I'm sure you remember the line, wash on, wash off, yeah. like constantly the, like repeat technique and you and doing things that might not feel like they're useful, but they actually connect to the technique you're learning. Like that, that definitely resonated with me as someone who was like, practicing a more traditional martial arts form um and also like i take some of the things to talk about it in my own classes and people remember those references so it's actually been quite helpful um but yeah i know like a lot of people in my world have a lot of critique of all of these types of shows for sure that'd be really cool so how long does it take to become a black belt I think that's something that everybody wants to do, but not many people have the time or commitment or they pretend like they don't have the time, but how long did it take you? Like, and do you have to practice how many times a week over how many years? Yeah, I was in karate maybe for eight years before I got my, my first degree black belt. And I, it's, it's a really intense fitness test to get it, which I'm like, not at all in the same shape that I was when I got it. Um, and it it was like a real process of discipline and practice and study uh, because there's so many elements to it that include both physical fitness, um, but also lingu- a linguistic test. Like you had to know some of the Japanese words to describe some of the techniques and also memory, like to actually know the kata and the basic forms that you had to do to pass the test as well. And so um, it, it definitely is, I think in many ways, I attribute so much of my ability to do a lot of things in my own life to the the technique and practice of like discipline and community and respect that I learned in my martial arts class. Um, and, and right now I'm not practicing cause I'm like so deep in this campaign and I miss it so much. Oh, I bet that sounds yeah. really cool. Like a lot of valuable lessons to learn, especially <laughs> did you start right at 16 or were you a little bit older or no, I actually started before when I was oh, okay. younger. Yeah. And I practiced between, so my, um, my local community center had, um, had a dojo. And then I also practiced at the YMCA and my sensei taught at both places. So I had the same sensei and I would practice in both, in both, um, locations. Oh, so how old were you? Your practice is there too now. Um, I was, I was about seven or eight when I started. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. You started really young. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so, so by the way, just a little bit more on your background. So your parents came to America from Egypt and they set out on the American dream. Your, your dad actually did something really cool. He, uh, he owned and operated his own deli in New York, but uh, part of your story is he uh, couldn't keep that going because of rising rent costs and gentrification of the neighborhood and the business ended up going under. And um, that kind of, lends to part of your platform where you want to protect these businesses and these people. And you, um, uh, seem to be passionate about that. So what, what would you do to protect small business? I really love our small businesses. I think that, um, especially in this moment within the context of the pandemic, so many of our small businesses are shuttering, are, are not having the resources to continue to sustain themselves. And oftentimes federal grant programs aren't really reaching our smallest businesses and our most vulnerable businesses across the city. And oftentimes are going to um, larger businesses who might not necessarily 100% need the resources. Um, and so one of the things that I think are really important is make creating more investment and financial um, opportunities for our small businesses to be able to have the support that they need to stay open. That's the most important thing right now, because we know so many small businesses across the city 
city are shutting down and are struggling to keep their doors open. I think another thing that I care about deeply is is commercial rent control. That's part of my father's story, my family's story, um, rising rent control because of the building that my father's small business was in was bought out um, by a real estate developer who had more in, had more of an incentive to kind of develop the property rather than retain that business. And so creating um, creating uh, regulation around commercial rent and allowing for more strength, strengthened rules and right to counsel for commercial tenants is something that I care about a lot. Yeah. It's a, yeah, go ahead, Chris. Uh, Your platform mentions a uh, humans, human rights first foreign policy. And uh, I wanted to know if you had the chance to sit down with president Biden right now, how you would advise him regarding this uh, uh, rising tension between Ukraine and Russia. How would a human rights first foreign policy uh, uh, approach this unfolding situation? Yeah, absolutely. And of course, we know that the U.S. government, um, unfortunately, and historically and presently, like we just got out of a long war in Afghanistan. Um, We have right now ongoing engagement in military conflict across the Middle East. Um, And we oftentimes supply um, military support and weapons in a way that can elongate and and escalates conflict across various regions and it creates a lot of harm to communities and to civilians and to civil society as a whole and i would take and recommend a diplomacy first approach which i know right now there are negotiations happening at every single level across various entities and i know that the u.s government is being looked to and the biden administration is being looked to even even you know, more important than other entities and other stakeholders at a multilateral level. And so that's the advice that I would give. And that's the role that I think the U.S. government should play. Um, My background is in human rights work and human rights organizing. And I know that military conflict causes a lot more harm oftentimes than it does well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And and, uh, since we're short on time here, I just wanted to throw a few more questions at you before we run out of time. So, you you went to Harvard's Harvard's Kennedy School for Government to pursue a master's degree in public policy, which seems like you might have made yourself overqualified to be in the government because you're not a reality TV star. So how do you? <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> so how do you? But that's that's really cool though. I mean, but how do you think your educational background uh, sets you apart? And and honestly gives you uh, a leg up on on maybe your on your competition who we did, who we referenced earlier. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I definitely have had the opportunities to study um, political science and economics and public policy. And my background and work has been focused on crafting international policy for within the human rights space, as I mentioned. Um, and I think my the expertise that I do bring to this table as well is my relational organizing and movement organizing background, being able to build across diverse backgrounds and perspectives and bring people along um, with a vision for equity and with a vision for justice. And my experience um, as a student was actually really rooted in my experience as a student organizer, um, mobilizing on issues that really mattered um, to communities that I was connected to. And I'm excited to bring that perspective to the government space because I think that that really reflects mostly the needs of communities, especially working families across New York City. So I'm, I'm excited about that. So your opponent, Carolyn Mahoney, she's been in Congress for 30 years. We mentioned that earlier and you express a lot in, on your website that she's lost touch with the community. How, do, how would you make sure, say you're in office the next 10 or 15 years, how would you make sure that you don't succumb to the same uh, problems once you gain power and influence yourself? 
That's a really, really good question. And I think it's an ongoing question for so many people within leadership spaces, or I hope it is. I don't know if everybody reflects on this, but I think for me, and this is like the way I'm building the campaign. And this is something I think about intentionally is, is building a campaign that's rooted in a coalition of organizations and governing from a place that is from co from a place of co-governance. And what that looks like is understanding who the stakeholders are on the front lines of issues. So for example, if I'm working on issues around housing, we were just endorsed by an organization called Cuff, which does a lot of work on housing here in New York City. As I'm pushing forward policy on housing, this is a group that I will be in constant cons consultation with and I'll speak with their members and leadership and understand the experiences of their membership base. I also think for me coming from a working class community, I cannot go home to my neighborhood <laughs> if I'm not doing things that are centering working class people and are centering um, immigrant communities and are centering communities that oftentimes have been left from uh, left from the table um, or the political process. And so I think both my natural connection to community as well as intentionally building coalition is going to be key to make sure that there is an accountability process that I will be have to be responsive to. And you don't want to be blackballed from that restaurant that you love that we yeah, talked about exactly. earlier. Like they'll never let you go back and then be the saddest day of your life. <laughs> My mom won't let me eat at her table. <laughs> She'll be like, you didn't pass this good RanaforCongress.com, R-A-N-A for Congress.com. Anything that you want to plug or promote before we let you go? Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And like I said, this is a grassroots campaign. So we're always looking for volunteers. We're always looking for grassroots donations. We're literally, you know, an open, we're sourcing all the talents from across this district, whether you're an artist, whether you speak another language, whether you really love to speak to your neighbors and you want to talk to them about our campaign. We need your help. This is how we're going to win this. It's a it's a community driven campaign. And we're really excited to build alongside all of our communities in this district. Cool. I think you're going to go far with this. We're going to keep an eye on it. And we hope to talk to you again um, after November, once you're in office and hopefully we're talking many years to come. So good luck to you. And um, in the meantime, we will, uh, like I said, keep an eye on it. So thank you so much for coming out. We appreciate your time. Good luck. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank I you. appreciate it. Have a good night. Me too. It's news to us. IW Radio. Got to realign the satellites. Make sure everything is... <laughs> You know, we've had some great candidates already this year. Like, yeah, I was just really thinking firing that. up the midterms. Like, yeah, I love both the candidates we've talked to recently. We had a couple good ones. Yeah. yeah. Lauren Hubbard last like, episode and then Rana Abheldim. Awesome. I really yeah, like it. It makes me feel like, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> like, really? Like, these guys are, you know, guys go on the like, ball. I mean, they're out there doing it and I feel like a piece of trash. <laughs> what are you talking about? You're I'm doing this show. Honest. You're doing this you show. You look like a million bucks though, my man. You're doing this hey. show and this show is very this show is heard by a lot of people every week and you have a platform. Don't forget that. That's fair. That's I know fair. that it seems weird because we're all like we're all doing this from home especially with the pandemic, everyone's on Zoom these days and you don't understand that like just sitting in your living room you talk to, you're talking to like Thousands and thousands of people. This is how we are. Uh, like like over a hundred thousand people like, listen uh, to the show every single episode. Like we're so how many cool, people like, over a hundred thousand. Wow. There yeah. you go. It, it's like they're hanging out with us, right? Like this is what we talk about as a group anyway. Like it's fine. Right. Okay. Um, I'm going to play a video and I know that this is a, primarily a radio show and a podcast, but as the video plays, I'm going to mute my mic and I just want you guys to describe what you're seeing. Can you guys do that for me? That's my only request here with this video. We can try. Let's yeah, try. I mean, I was going to say I can, I don't know that I will, but uh, all right, well, here we go. You can take your chances. Sure. Better not be an Eddie sex tape. We got a man and a woman, and they're in an ultralight aircraft, which is like a uh, 
a hang glider with a like a big fan on the back, and there is a cat stuck in their freaking ultralight oh aircraft, my God, and it's crawling out. They're like two thousand feet off the ground. Yeah. And there's no, and it's it's totally open. There's and no there's a cat. Bars, there's like a cat. It's completely open. A cat, oh, man. a cat got in there. The Did I realize there was a cat? You're not about to show me a picture of a cat falling, are you? No, the cat lands on its feet, though. Yeah, cats always land on their feet. But let's let's see what happens here. This is crazy, oh my isn't goodness it? Gracious. I guess I could turn down. The- wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Wait. All right. So the cat's I- like in the wing, and it's looking down at the woman and the man who are piloting this craft. And I think the yeah. cat's gonna. And he jump sees on- it now. He like, sees the oh. cat for the first time. And the cat, I gotta be honest, the cat's kind of like, hey, what's up, guys? This is awesome up I, here. I mean, I thought the cat looked terrified, personally. Am I wrong? Maybe I don't know. Just kicking it. Cats cats are kind of hard to read sometimes. I thought the cat was gonna jump on them and, like, claw her face, because it was freaked <laughs> out. Yeah. And it's making some sort of, I don't know if it's meowing in terror. It seems to be meowing into the wind. It kind of looks like a dog sticking its head out the window when you're driving, though. It's kind of enjoying it, I feel like. Yeah. Has he not told the woman? I don't. He sees the cat, but his. I think he's the pilot and she's like his passenger. And he has not told this woman who looks like it might be his mother or something. Yeah. I don't think he's told her. It's like over her left shoulder up in the wing. And I think he's just trying to be cool and not like. Freak out. out his mom. All I have to but say is, I would also is, like to point out yes. that uh, he's got a mustache, and I don't know if I'm really on board with the mustache for this guy. Okay, well, all, I, I'll, all, all I have to say is the last time I bought a ticket on Southwest, it was exactly like this. Uh, you have your dog with Southwest you? jokes. That's good. <laughs> They're coming right, in they are landing. putting it down. They are setting down the craft. Oh, now and, the woman sees the cat and is like, oh, look, okay. The cat. Yeah, so they landed. They safely landed, but it's still going pretty fast. This cat could still get run over by the the wheels. We don't know what's going to happen. The woman and the cat have made eye contact as they're uh, <laughs> landing. It's love at first sight. Yeah. And then she looks away like nothing's happened. And the cat's just looking at her like. Hello, help me. Cat in a wing here. Come on. I sw- how does a Reach cat... up and grab me. How the hell does a cat get on there, though? Like, My question is, is that their cat or a cat? Like a stray cat? That It wants- must be a stray they cat. See- no, I feel like it's their cat because they're way too calm about it. Like, I feel like there's a stray cat like looking at you, down at you. You're, there's a little bit more. And that cat is way too calm to not know who these people are. That's got to be their cat. But why would their cat be the on cat that airplane? I don't. Wing? Yeah, I don't understand. Why would their cat be there? What's the scenario? Well, they keep this thing in a garage, right? It folds up. This is not like a traditional aircraft. My dad has one of these. Now. Your dad flies one of these. Yeah. Yeah. What? Since he's retired. Your dad's yeah. a maniac. What is he doing? Get him out of there. I know. I know. That's it horrible. scares the crap out of me <laughs> and my mom. What is this wait, thing? Wait. Wait. wait what is this? Would you it's a hang flying? glider with like a giant fan on the back That's that flies got around. A lawnmower engine on it. What the yeah. What the hell is your dad doing, Chris? Living life, I guess. You have to. Have I gotta tell you, I wish I had his courage because they look like fun. If I wasn't so terrified of heights, you should be terrified I would love of this. To do that. This is a horrible movie. From, the, are you what? gonna go with him, Eddie? No, Chris's dad. Hell no, I'm not gonna go yeah. in that stupid thing. Wait, where where did they land? Like a basketball court? Like I don't understand where they had like, 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 like a lane. It looks like a runway. Yeah, they had a runway. Who knows? But but uh, no, you don't need a a license to fly these things. They're considered they're considered like glider? hobby crafts. And your dad yeah. flies around like to go to the grocery store, or where is he headed? No, like he got this. Him and my mom got this massive RV right before COVID hit, and like. He was perfect dude. timing. Yeah, gonna. Yeah, actually, it is. Drag it behind the RV in like a trailer, or like on top of this Jeep that they bought, so they can like take little day trips from their RV parks wherever they end up. And and it's on the Jeep, and he, you know, just take it with them wherever they go across the country, and you know, 
find a spot that he likes to launch from just to see America from the sky, I guess. That's cool, man. It's like aerial America in real life. Yeah. It's like that thing that you guys, I never, I think I saw part of it on TV once, but I really wanted to see it when I was a kid. I think it's called fly away home. And I think it was supposedly like based on a true story. But this yeah, girl, Jeff Daniels. yeah, Jeff Daniels, yeah, this yeah, girl course. adopts yeah. like a flock of geese, and you have to migrate, and yeah, she's in like a lighter, like an ultralight aircraft, and like is like the mama goose who takes some flies with them up to Canada or something. It's one of those kinds of kind it's of aircraft, mm. yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, right. All right. So, really- well, I'm glad that cat made it. Yeah, the cat. Does made your it. is your dad gonna fly with a cat? I hope not. Mm. All right. Well, I feel like you should need a license for that. Even if they don't license it for individual use, you should have to have a license to be a cat pilot. And on that note, <laughs> it um, could be the red wine talking though. I don't know. Who knows? I thought that wait, I thought that was like uh soda. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was, yeah. Coca-Cola. Yep. Red wine. Who drinks red wine out of like a, I don't own Ugh. any wine glasses. I don't like a, a, a How like do plastic wait, glass that has like, like, little, like little figurines stuck in it. Yeah. And like they float around the inside. Glass. Oh my God. Was that right. a crab? Well, yeah, right. moving, no, moving on, moving on here. I know, Jason, that you have uh, a <laughs> propane grill at home that you, are you allowed to use that thing still behind you? You have a I don't have a grill. You're not allowed to have that, right? You had to get rid of it. No more grills. I don't grill. No more grills. I deny all grilling. It, it, maybe this is why you don't have a grill. So a man had a uh, an accident with a grill, and uh, here's what happened. He goes out to uh, check the grill, gonna like make some burgers or something. And it's like a. Uh, Jesus it's, Christ. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> this goes off in his face. Well, there there goes the, the eyebrows. On. Why would you leave the propane on? He's got Holy eyebrows, though. Shit. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Turn the propane off. Yeah, turn off the tank. Yeah, dude. why? Yeah, he didn't turn off the propane. He doesn't know how to work the school, yeah, bottom that's line. That's a good point. That's good no, you guys point. are that's absolutely point. correct. When I saw this, I was like, this guy clearly doesn't know what he's doing because you're supposed to turn on and off the propane every time you operate the grill. That's basic safety. Right? Do you guys, uh, speaking of propane safety, do you remember that one time we were grilling? It was, the oh, grill God. was in a carport. You remember that? <laughs> yes. And there was like a leak in the propane line and it caught fire and we had yep. like the grill was on fire. Yeah. Oh my god. Was I there? I don't in remember some that. Capacity. Yeah, you might have been drinking. We were all drinking. Yeah, it was a and there was yeah. like a fire and I I ran yeah. up and turned the propane off like through the flames. Yeah, you, oh, you saved the god. day, Jason. You actually did. I'm like a superhero with my one eye. And I remember that my girlfriend at the time was very impressed by you, but I did not do that. <laughs> Eddie was like that episode of uh, Seinfeld where George pushes all the women and children. Yeah, down. exactly. I was like trying to run for my life and then Jason runs into the fire and like, I'm like, all right, I'm not getting you know, late I always, tonight. I look back at those that time because I always wonder like in a situation like where someone else is in danger, like would I risk my life to save someone else? And I like to think I would, but I wonder if I wouldn't. Right? Like, I think you would. I, I think I, I think, think I might because of that moment. Yeah. yeah, actually, Jason, you're probably like one of the most selfless and also brave individuals I know. And I don't. I'm not just kidding. I I actually believe that about you. Yeah. If yeah, I were if I, I, were in a, if I were in a bad situation, I'd that. like you to be there. Ooh, that's a lot. That's a that's uh, that's a lot of. Uh, pressure on me now no it's not <laughs> but it, it is from now on whenever i have an emergency i'm gonna call you jason i told you you're our dad you're our group dad yeah i remember oh uh, yeah he is when you broke your ankle eddie was calling me like i can't find chris 
where's Chris? It was like four in the morning. Oh man, it's uh, not a great night for anybody. Like, okay, I'm getting my pants on. Yeah, well, let's wrap up the show. Let me right get now. my pants on. I'll let's come just, out. We, we're out of time, and uh, thank you everybody for listening. We appreciate you being here. Wow, what a show! We had we got to so much. A news roundup. We had what else? Our guest, a baby. There was a baby. Was there Jason ran through flames? There's a lot going on in this show. Hmm. Yeah. There was a cat in an airplane wing. Yeah. The show had <laughs> it all. Airplane wing. <laughs> at an airplane wing. Yeah, you're right. Headline. Uh, you're so right. All right. So, yeah, that's it. That's it. We're done. I, I was just trying to play the Biden son of a bitch video for you. It's a great asset. More inflation. What a stupid son of a bitch. With all due respect, that's a bunch of malarkey.